Heavenly Father, I just am so grateful for your word that guides us and leads us. It is indeed a light unto our path. I pray now that as we look at your word, as we look at um, our culture and our society, that we would also be able to apply that to ourselves, to examine ourselves, to, to be able to discern truth, to be able to have a loving spirit, and to be able to, to live out a life that is worthy of the calling that you have given us, to share the gospel with the lost, to encourage and lift up one another. And I just pray that this message would be able to do those things in your holy name, amen. Before we get started as well, I just want to, last time I was here, I, I shared a little bit about our museum that we were doing, and I just wanted to let everybody know that we are at 65% of the funds that need to come in for that already, and so I just want to uh, let you know and, and uh, thank you for your prayers and your support in that. So um, it's been a blessing and an exciting thing to see God just continue to answer prayer that way, so... Uh, with this today, as I said, it is a difficult topic. Um, I was even visiting with Karen here this morning, and she was rereading the uh, David Wilkerson book called The Vision, and uh, some things there that just really stood out. Uh, this past week, especially, um, really this whole summer, the idea of homosexuality has just been burning in my spirit. Um, I have a brother who's a practicing homosexual. I had an opportunity to, to visit with him this summer. Um, just basically poured love out on him. And he hates me like, like we would hate the devil. Um, and all because I stand on what God's word says. And I am not here to try to offend any of you here this morning. Maybe some of you are in support of homosexuals. I'm not here to offend you, I'm here to just challenge you and say, what does the scripture say? Not our emotions, not our desires, not our experiences, not our family members, but what does the scripture say and how are we as Christians to share love with these people? Now to do so, we have to talk about some tough topics. I'm gonna to share some things about what's going on in the government and whatnot. We see a lot of things happening in the media right now with the, the uh, city clerk in uh, Kentucky who has been thrown in jail for taking a biblical stand. Um, you know, some people are upset because, well, that woman's been divorced three or four times. That's not the point. The point is, it's just like I'm a sinner in many different ways, have sinned in, in, in vast ways. When I stand on truth, Truth is truth regardless of who I am, regardless of what I've done. And the other thing is, I don't know where this woman is or where she is in her walk of faith, but I can tell you this, she maybe have been divorced four times, but Jesus died for her too. Maybe she's at a point in her life where she realizes, I was wrong. And there are homosexuals out there who have realized they've been wrong. And Jesus loves them. And so I'm not condemning the homosexual here, but I am gonna say this. As Karen was talking to me, one of the things in David Wilkerson's vision that he had you know, 40 years ago was she, he, he saw the mouths of pastors apparently being shut when it came to this topic and not being able to speak on homosexuality. Folks, we're there. I'm thankful that 
this church is one that is taking a stand on what the word of God says about it. I'll be honest, uh, some, very, some people very close to me did not want me to talk about this today. <laughs> said, I don't think you should talk about that. I can't not talk about it because I love you and I love my Lord and because of that I cannot not speak truth. You see, many of you might consider yourself to be a tolerant person. And when I speak with people who are homosexuals or living in any sin really, that's a good question to start with. Do you consider yourself to be a tolerant person? Now, a lot of times they'll say yes. Now, if they are, then that means it shouldn't upset you with anything that I say because you should be tolerant of my views as well, correct? correct. However, there's another caveat, caveat to this thing as well. You see, if people get angry with me because of my opinion, that means they are intolerant. Let me ask you this. Would you consider yourself to be a tolerant person? I'm not. Oh, there are things I will tolerate, but let me ask you, does the Bible say that we are to be tolerant? Yes, we are to be holy. We are to be different, we are to be separate, and there are things that I cannot tolerate. But our society has made this idea of tolerance being an unloving thing. That if you are intolerant, you are unloving. If you are tolerant, that's love. You parents out there, are you tolerant of everything that your children do? I hope not. That's not love, is it? And therefore, just because someone is against homosexuality does not mean they are not loving. It just means they are intolerant as Jesus and God are intolerant of sin. Now again, there's a difference between homosexuality and the homosexual. We're gonna talk about that coming up. Uh, but I gotta get through some of this other stuff here first. Okay, does the Bible single out homosexuality? Well, yes, but no. You see, it also talks about polygamy. It talks about heterosexual sins and fornication. It talks about bestiality, it talks about incest, it talks about a lot of things. So it's not like the Bible just singles out homosexuality, it covers a multitude of sins. One of the issues is, this, for this same-sex marriage, everybody thinks this is about discrimination. It's discrimination, you know, if two people love each other, all these things. Guys, it has nothing to do with discrimination. It has everything to do with validation and the normalization of homosexuality in our society and culture. Uh, Frank Turek has written a book on this and talks about that and some of these things initially I'm gonna be sharing uh, of some of the things that he talks about in the sense that the validation that we have. You see, there's a guy named Andrew Sullivan here, and this is what he says. If nothing else were done at all and gay marriage were legalized, 90% of the political work necessary to achieve gay and lesbian equality would have been achieved. It's ultimately the only reform that matters. You hear what he's saying? He's saying if we can get people to accept this legally, 90% of the battle has been won. And it's true, because 
The laws are good moral teachers, as we're going to show you here coming up. But what I want you to think about for a moment, is homosexuality the same as heterosexuality? Are we supposed to treat them the same? No, they're completely different. The sexual act is different. The union is different because it's the same sex. The result of that union is different. You can't procreate. You see, to treat things equally, equal things are treated equally. Unequal things aren't treated equally. And so this is not the same thing as hetero versus homosexuality. These are different topics with different results. You see, the government... What's their role in this? Well, a government's role is simply to do one of three things here. We are to promote, they are to permit, or they are to prohibit behaviors for the civilization of society, for the benefit of society. For example, they promote police work as an occupation because we need you know, safety and, 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 and some kind of order out there. So they promote that. Now, they also permit other jobs, too. Lots of other jobs. You can be an educator. You can be a plumber. You can be a carpenter. You can be a pastor. But they prohibit other jobs or, you know, things like, well, prostitution, drug dealing, because it's harmful for society. And that's their role. Now, what we see next here is natural marriage has been historically promoted by the government. Why? As you're going to see, it is necessary for the benefit of society. We'll talk about it coming up. Okay, they have permitted most other relationships, right? You can be friends, you can, uh, uh, you can have all kinds of relationships with people but they have prohibited pedophilia and homosexuality in the past, bestiality. Why? Because it was not beneficial for society. So the question I'd like to ask you is if I could show you that same-sex marriages was, well, unbeneficial, would that change your mind on it for those of you who may support same-sex marriages? Well, if you're not open to that, I'm going to suggest to you that if you would really examine yourself that you're not open to facts, you're, you're thinking emotionally then. That if I can show you that same-sex marriage is not beneficial for society or for the person themselves, that you're not thinking based on facts, you're thinking on emotions or experience, someone you know, something that's happened to you, and you're not thinking biblically. Just going just gonna to ask you to challenge yourself to, to ask that very question. In 2003, Lawrence versus Texas, they permitted sodomy. And what happened is they went from prohibiting to permitting. And now the same-sex marriage law has been taking us to promoting same-sex marriage. And that is a huge step when government and law goes from permitting to promoting. And that's where we are in this country today. You see, I don't believe that there should be a legal class of gay or straight, because you see, that's not a class of person. We're people, period. We're persons. And our desire does not matter. What matters is whether or not that the behavior we have that is desired is to be prohibited, permitted, or promoted 
for the benefit of society, for the benefit of oneself even. Now again, this is from just a common sense logical perspective. I haven't even addressed the biblical issue yet. But from a legal perspective, really desire has nothing to do with laws. It's whether or not it's good for society. So natural law, natural marriage I mean, natural by what I mean by natural marriage is this. It perpetuates and stabilizes society because it's natural, it's designed, it's the way God made it to be. It's not bigotry, it's biology. I don't mean to be rude and crude here, the, the plumbing works for the purpose of a marriage, right? It's biology, it's natural. And that's what I mean by natural marriage. What does natural marriage do? It creates children. Do you know in Malachi chapter 2, verse 15, God says that's one of the main reasons of a marriage? Not the only one, but one of the prime purposes was for procreation. It says this in Malachi 2.15, why did I make them one? Because I was seeking godly offspring. He says the two became one flesh. Why did I make them one? Because I was seeking godly offspring. Way back in the Garden of Eden, we see God says be fruitful and multiply. We know from a society perspective that if a society doesn't grow, it will decline. So, is it beneficial for society to have a natural marriage? Absolutely. It best raises children. I'm not going to have time to get into all the statistics today, but it is best for children to have a mom and a dad. We'll maybe touch on a few if I have time. It protects women. When a woman gets married, she has somebody to watch out for her, to protect her. It civilizes men. I mean, all you got to do is watch any movie, right? You see that when you've got single men out there, okay, they're the ones that are uncivilized. Okay? I can tell you, my wife has helped civilize me a great deal, okay? Yeah, it civilizes men. It lowers crime rate. It, it lowers poverty, welfare, uh, reduces government spending and deficits, let alone all the health issues. It's healthy. I mean, do you know that, that married men, uh, actually, you know, for, for prostate issues even, it's good to be a married man. All kinds of things. Now let me ask you this. What are the beneficial effects here on this next slide for homosexuality or same-sex marriages? None. There is not a single benefit to society that comes about because of a same-sex marriage. Not one. And not only is there no benefits, there's plenty of harmful things that will come about. You might remember this picture here of Britney Spears. I might have brought this up before, I don't remember, but Britney Spears a few years back was seen with this picture here, uh, caught driving with her child in her arms, and everybody was in an uproar because this woman was a moral monster, right? A moral monster. Yet, interestingly, my dad used to drive down the road 55 miles an hour with me standing in the back of a pickup like a dog going from side to side, you know. <sighs> Yet he wasn't a moral monster. 
Why? What changed? Well, the laws changed. And when the laws change, it governs the morality of people. I'll give you an example. Not only this, but slavery. Creation. The same thing with creation is happening. Do you know in the UK it's become illegal to teach creation in uh, private schools? And so that's coming here to America. And what's going to happen is it isn't long because we're already seeing famous people like Lawrence Krauss and whatnot, as I've shown you in the past videos, where, where she's, he's saying, if you're teaching your child about creation, that's child abuse. It's going to become immoral for you to teach not only creation, but as we're seeing already in our country, if you teach your children against homosexuality, you are a moral monster. And I don't have time to show you clips today of just even this last week, somebody sent me one from a, ki a kid who's going to college in Kansas and this professor who's claiming to be a Christian is talking about how many genders are there? It says four. Four of them. And one lady says, well, th there's no gender too, so five. And it makes no sense. He says, well, we have to tolerate all genders. He says, I'm not going to tolerate anybody not tolerating that. Yeah, you see, this is not right. Laws are great moral teachers, and that's what's happening, and that is why when same-sex marriage becomes legal, it validates it as being promoted by government, and now anybody who does not accept that becomes immoral. Who's hurt by same-sex marriage? Number one, children. Children, most of all. You know, almost every problem comes back to the family. Okay? Now, that might be through divorce. It might be through abuse. I mean, all kinds of different ways. But homosexuality, it affects the family. Every child deserves a mom and a dad. They may not get one, but they deserve one. And same-sex marriages absolutely, without question, deny that. Like I said, this isn't bigotry. It's biology. Same-sex marriage makes marriage about coupling, not about children. And what happens so often is when someone gets tired of their partner, they just move on. Homosexuality is filled with, uh, I would say, non-monogamous relationships. My brother, I couldn't even tell you how many partners he had before he's with the one that he's been with now for a few years. It's filled with that. Now, heterosexual community. We see a lot of young men doing the same thing. That's just as bad. But what I'm saying is this. Marriage is special. Let me show you what this liberal pol uh, political uh, man says. David Blankenhorn. He wrote The Future of Marriage. This is what he says. Again, this is a liberal guy. He says... That across history and cultures, marriage's single most fundamental idea is that every child needs a mother and father. And he goes on there in yellow, he says, one can believe in same-sex marriage, one can believe that every child deserves a mother and a father, but one cannot believe both. He gets it. But yet we in the church are saying, no, we need to love them, got to accept, we got to tolerate. Give me a Bible verse for any of that. You see, here are some statistics. 
Do you know children in broken homes, uh, basically a broken immune system, I might, you might say, because here's the thing, you know, AIDS, AIDS basically what it does is it attacks the immune system, so it's not the AIDS that kills you, it's something else that's going to end up killing you. The immune system is being broken in the family today with same-sex marriages especially. Just this week I posted a few things on my Creation Instruction Facebook page of a teacher teaching fourth and fifth graders about homosexuality and hiding it in their math class. It's happening all over the country. Look at these statistics. 60% uh, of America's rapists come from broken homes. 63% of youth si- suicides. 70% long-term prison inmates. 70% reform school attendees. And you can just see on and on and on. Seven times more poverty, six times the suicide, two times the crime rate, crime rate and pregnancies. A broken home is destructive to society. On this next slide, you see that the same-sex marriages are not going to improve the health either. What we see is a monogamous same-sex relationship fails to provide any health benefit. So even if you are practicing a same-sex marriage in a monogamous relationship, look what it says. First of all, the act is destructive. Uh, Coupled homosexuals engage in more risky practices. Kind of hard to see, but you can see. Uh, Risky health practices. Uh, Monogamy is the exception rather than the rule in homosexual uh, relationships. And it says men and women are complementary, but the pairing of identicals drives same-sex partners to extremes rather than balances. The CDC shows more than 80% of all sexually transmitted AIDS cases are from homosexual conduct. 60% of all syphilis cases there's a higher incidence of colon and rectal cancer, and you have a shorter lifespan from eight to 30 years in homosexual practices. See guys, we have to separate behavior from desires because we must not accept behavior that is harmful to society or to oneself to be loving. We must not at all. I want you to watch this little video here uh, from The Incredibles. Um, as they get that going here, you, you, if you've seen The Incredibles, these kids have some superpowers, and they're special. So look what, what happens here on this video. Best, but you don't really mean it. Why can't I do the best that I can do? Right now, honey, the world just wants us to fit in, and to fit in, we just gotta be like everybody else. But Dad always said our powers are nothing to be ashamed of. Our powers made us special. Everyone's special, Dash. Which is another way of saying no one is. Everyone's special, Dash. That's just another way of saying no one is. Boy, have we not gotten to that in this society. Everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a participation trophy. You see, guys, to say that everyone's special means nobody is special. And this is what's happened with marriage. If marriage isn't special, then nothing is special. If homosexuals get to to do their thing, then what is special about getting married? Look what this guy says here. He is uh, the award-winning journalist managing editor of WND, he says, we've forgotten as a society 
what love is. Because supporting and justifying homosexuality is not real love any more than glorifying drinking helps the alcoholic or celebrating smoking helps wipe out lung cancer. The most loving stance for others to take is not to serve as enablers of self-destructive and immoral compulsions, but to stand in patient but firm opposition. That's the most loving thing that you can do. On this next slide, we have this guy here who is a professor uh, 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 at the University of Texas. And he says, real compassion ought to make us visit the prisoner, dry out the alcoholic, help the pregnant girl prepare for the baby, and encourage the young homosexual to live chastely. Encourage the young homosexual. Now I'm going to get to how we can encourage them here coming up. But he says, but how much easier is it to forget the prisoner, give the drunk a drink, send the girl to the abortionist, and tell the kid to just give in? False compassion is a great deal less work than true. I think that's the real problem. The problem isn't that the church is, you know, hateful against homosexuals. The problem is, is there's a false compassion towards them. Same thing with people who get caught in pornography or, or whatever the case might be. I know a guy who, who was arrested here because of, uh, ch well, child molestation. And do you know that after he's been sent to jail, not a single, well, well two people, counting myself, have reached out to him from the church. Even though the man was repentant, he was molested as a kid. There's all kinds of, you know, things that went, not justifying any behavior, but the fact is, is the man's repentant. Do you really believe in the gospel? Do you believe that if you can be forgiven, somebody else can be forgiven of a sin too, no matter how great it is? And that we as a church should be able to reach out to these people and support and encourage them? Do you really believe that God is big enough to help a homosexual overcome his desires or her desires? and to reach out and welcome them? That's the real question. Do you have real compassion or false compassion? Do you believe the gospel or not? You know, I don't know if you've ever watched the American Idol series, and, and I, I haven't in years, but I remember a few times the first the first few when they're doing their auditions, and you get this lady that comes up and she sings, you know, and the home of the brave. And the judges are like, that is the worst thing. And she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. All my friends say that I'm a great singer. And I'm like, who are your friends? You need new friends. That's not a friend. And likewise, when we see people living lives that are destructive to not only themselves, but to society, and we say, go live it, that's not being a friend. That's not love. That's not compassion. Look what Ezekiel 3 says. It says this, when I say to a wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to dissuade him from his evil ways in order to save his life, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. 
You see, guys, by accepting homosexuality, not only are you not being loving towards them, you're cursing yourself. Because the Bible says he will hold you accountable for not warning people of sin. That's huge. So how do we respond to this? How do we respond to what the, the world is saying out there when, when a homosexual, well, I was born this way. Weren't you born a heterosexual? No, I was born a male. Happened to be born with a woman in bed. You see, guys, it, heterosexual, homosexual is not a class of people. I was born male or you're born female. Here's the thing. People say, I was born that way. Can you ever thought about the process? How did that gene, the homosexual gene, which, by the way, that doesn't exist, there's no scientific evidence there's a homosexual gene, but that's propagated out there. How was that gene passed on? Makes no sense, does it? And besides, do we follow feelings because we were born with certain feelings? I'll bet all of you have been born and now you have feelings of hatred, of selfishness, of greed. Hey, you were born that way. No, we don't follow our feelings. Okay, the question was not, were you born this way, but should you follow the desires that you have? And when you run into a homosexual, I think you should ask them that. Do you think that we should act on every desire we have? Most of them would say no. If they say yes, so if you want to murder somebody, you should act on it. Then they'll say no. It's very simple. Well, let's look what Scripture says here in Romans. Do we follow our desires? The Scripture says no. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. Here's the key right here to the homosexual idea. Are you going to follow your desires or are you going to offer you yourself to God? That's the question. Guys, I'm going to, I'm going to show I don't believe there really is a true homosexual. And I'll talk about that in a minute. You see, you either are going to offer yourself to your own desires or you're going to offer yourself to God. It's that simple. It's a choice. It is a choice. Well, you know, it's not a choice because I would have never chosen this lifestyle. I'll tell you what, as we just saw, you know, what did that statistic say? 68% of men uh, in the church with pornography. Do you think they chose that? No. Are they giving in to it? Well, they shouldn't be. What's the difference? You see, a homosexual again in quotations, may have a desire or, or, or look at a man in a lustful way. One man may look at another man. Just like a, a man may look at a woman in a lustful way. Is either one correct? No. It's not. Look what it says here in Romans 7. If I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. 
You see, this is how we, I think, define Christianity in a sense. We all have desires. Some are good, some are bad. And if we love to do the things that are bad, I question whether you really know Jesus Christ. And if there's somebody who is a practicing homosexual who has those desires and says, oh well, I was born that way, I question whether you know Jesus Christ. If you have those, maybe those desires and you say, I reject that, I know it's wrong, maybe I fail from time to time, but I reject that, that's what Paul is saying. If I do what I do not want to do, you should not want to do it. And the moment you give in and say, okay, I fought it for so many years, but I'm done fighting it now, I'd say your heart may have been hardened. That's a dangerous place to be. Psalm 51.5 says, Surely I was sinful at birth. Yeah, you were born with sin just like I was. And I'm not going to give in to those desires. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It goes on and it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Who's him? Jesus, the word of God. In other words, in all your ways, acknowledge the word of God. And for people to say that same-sex marriage is okay today is not to acknowledge the word of God. It is to reject the word of God and acknowledge their desires, their emotions, their feelings, their experiences. Lean not on your understanding. It says the heart is deceitfully wicked. It is beyond cure. And as we said, the heart may think this is loving to tolerate. It's not loving at all. Romans 1 says this. I'm going to tell you why people are gay according to the Bible. The Bible tells me. Very simple. It says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth in their wickedness. In other words, God's wrath is coming upon those who suppress truth. How many people out there need more information, uh, you know, proof that God exists? Nobody. They all know it. It's just that they choose to suppress it. It says, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from that which has been made, so that men are without excuse. You are without excuse to deny God's existence simply because of his creation. So, that's what it's saying so far. It goes on and it says, for although they knew God, see, they did know him, they neither glorified him as God nor did they give thanks to him. Their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So what I want you to catch is this. God's saying, you know God. You have no excuse. But if you decide to reject him as creator, for although you knew him, you rejected him as such. It says this as we move on. 
Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. That's the key. They rejected God as creator, thereby rejecting God as rule giver. It goes on and says here, therefore, meaning since you rejected me as creator, what's going to happen? God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. It's degrading. Okay? They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, because you reject God as creator, Rule giver. God gave them over to shameful lusts. It goes on. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way also men abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and so received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. The perversion of what is natural and designed by God. Guys, keep in mind, this is New Testament. You always hear, oh, that Leviticus is all this Old Testament stuff. No, this is New Testament stuff as well as Old Testament. Homosexuality is just as wrong in the old as it is in the new. It is a perversion. And why are people gay? Were they born that way? God gave them over to their own desires. He says, all right, you don't want to accept me? You don't want to accept my rules? I'll step back. Let's see how it works for you following your own understanding, your own desires. God gives them over. Now, maybe there's a fluke out there, but I've been talking about this for a lot of years and I have yet to find a practicing homosexual who believes in a young earth creation. I don't think that's an accident because it's what the word of God says. Because you see, every practicing homosexual has to reject the word of God. How about this response? Well, this is just about your religion. This is just about your religion. Go on to the next slide there. This is a religious topic. You know, you've got to keep separation of church and state. What? This isn't just a religious topic, guys, because, you know, the, the church is against murder too, right? Do we have people out there, no, we can't, murder should be okay because the church says it's wrong. Do you know some churches actually accept same-sex marriages? Well, just because the church accepts it, that means we can't have a law against it. You see, there's a difference between religion and morality. Religion is our duty to God. Morality is our duty to one another. And every law legislates morality. What's good for society. That's what laws do. And homosexuality affects society in a negative way, therefore it should not be legal because it is immoral. 
And immorality is not just a religious thing. You see, we can't legislate morality, they say. You can't legislate the Bible. Well, then, like I said, you can't have any laws. Do we have no laws against murder, as I said? No, we have laws against murder, and yet it seems to be okay because this isn't the real issue. It is a moral issue, and yes, it is also a religious issue. I've told you about the moral issue, but I want to get to the, the religious one coming up. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 5. It says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. You go read 1 Corinthians 5. It says this. If anybody is a brother in Christ, claims to be a brother in Christ, but is living in willful sin, with such a man do not even eat. Hey, I am all about letting a homosexual come and worship with me and come into my home. But if they are calling themselves a Christian and are proud of that and, and are not calling that sin, I'm not eating with them and they're not welcome in my home. And by the way, that would go for the same with somebody who's practicing pornography, some heterosexual who's sleeping around, or any other willful sin. That's what the Bible says. Yet we have so many people in the church saying, well, we gotta love them. We gotta keep the communication lines open. Show me that in scripture. The Bible says if they're calling themselves Christians and living in willful sin, you don't eat with them. And if you can't eat with them, I'd say you probably shouldn't be worshiping with them. But like I said, if they say, hey, this is wrong. I have these feelings, but I don't like it. Hey, come on, brother. Let me pray for you. We'll, get, we'll encourage you to overcome. God expects the world to behave in ungodly ways, but he expects us as a church to behave differently. You know, everybody's saying, stop judging. Don't judge. Show me that in scripture. Well, judge not lest you be judged. Yeah, read on. And read all the other verses of the Bible that say you are to judge. A tree is judged by its fruit. It says very clearly in John 7, 24, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. We judge righteously. So it's not wrong to judge. It's just wrong to judge unrighteously. Some people say, well, animals do it. Have you heard that before? Well, you know, there's some in the, whole, in the animal kingdom... Look where evolution has brought us. Really, you're going to compare yourself to an animal? I mean, some of the animals eat their young. And the very fact that you're comparing yourself to an animal tells you where this leads you. Uncivilized? I mean, that's ridiculous. Some say it's discrimination. Every law discriminates. Well, when two people love each other, they should be able to get married. No, every single law discriminates. You see, I have the same rights that the homosexuals do. Here's what the law says is a marriage that's good for society. I have that right to practice it. So do you. I'm discriminated much, just as much. Because, you see, it's not about desire. It's about behavior. Well, when two people love each other, when? 
Well, we just discriminated against that 10-year-old that wants to get married because, you see, when isn't when enough. Can't get married. Well, two people. Two? What if you want to marry four people? When two people, maybe you want to marry your farm animal. We discriminate against that. When two people are in love, what if you want to get married just, you know, to get into a country? The law says you can't, even though some may fake it. Every law discriminates. This has nothing to do with discrimination. It has everything to do with validation and normalization. Isaiah says, the look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. That's where we're at. They're parading around. They've forgotten how to blush. How about this one? You've heard, you're a homophobe. Is that a bad thing? Well, society has made it sound like a bad thing, but is it wrong to be a homophobe? I'm a homophobe. I'm scared of things that are dangerous. I'm scared of snakes. They can bite. They can bite my kids. So I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of a society that welcomes homosexuality because it affects my kids. It affects my health insurance. It affects my society. It can affect the health of my kids and myself. So I'm okay to say, yes, I'm a homophobe, but I love you. I'm not afraid of homosexuals. I'm afraid of homosexuality being practiced. How about, it's about love. You know, if if two people love each other, they ought to be able to get married. You know what? 99.9% of the people that I love, I'm not married to. Matter of fact, if I did get married to him, it would destroy love. This isn't about love. And by the way, because I love my wife, I would never do anything to my wife that would be harmful to her. So homosexuals getting married is unloving even. So if two people love each other, don't get married. Love them anyway. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, 9-11. Now get this, I want you to catch this. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor, nor men who practice homosexuality nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. Here is a 2,000-year-old record saying a homosexual can change. Here's a 2,000-year record saying somebody caught in pornography and sexual sins can stop. You can be washed. You can be changed. Because such were Past tense, some of you. I don't care what sin. Maybe you're not struggling with homosexuality. I don't care what sin it is. You can be washed. You can be sanctified because you have the power of the living, holy God inside you. Don't give up on God. Don't give in to your desires. Give them over to him. Die to yourself so that you might live for Christ. Last thing I want to talk about here in closing. I don't think I'm going to show the video, but do you ever remember Susan Boyle? You know what? Let's, Let's do not, and this breaks my heart, do not judge people by their appearance. 
This summer, there was a man at a camp that I was doing, and he was a counselor. And I mean, you want to talk about flaming, flamboyant homosexual acting and dressing and talking. Flaming. And I'll admit, I judged him. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what is this guy doing as a counselor? And I thought, Brian, shame on you. Do not judge by appearance. So I asked the camp director, I said, would you mind if I talked to this, this guy? He said, better you than me. <laughs> so I talked to him and I sat him down and I said, would you say that, you know, that you're a homosexual? And he said, yes, but I don't practice. I believe it's wrong. And I'm thinking, yes. And I'm saying, I'm going to kind of rock your world a little bit. I don't think you're a homosexual. But you see, what happens is this. When we as a church even, and of all people who shouldn't, it's us, but when we as a church see somebody who is a little bit more flamboyant, what do we think? You'd all know it. We think, boy, I wonder if he's gay. I hope he's not gay. Ooh, boy. Right? Rather than going and encouraging them, we just have bad thoughts. When the Bible says they weren't born that way, they're different. They may not act as manly. They may not stand as manly. They may not have the same manly hunting desires. But you know what? It's okay. Jacob and Esau. Esau was a mama's boy that stayed in the tents. Esau, or Jacob was. Esau went out and did the hunting, right? More of a daddy's boy. The homosexual community says Jacob was, was probably a gay man. They say the same thing about David because he had such a love for Jonathan. They said the same thing about Paul because Paul didn't get married and, and you know, he said, I wish you were as I and, and not you know, lust after women, basically. That's what the homosexual community says. But what does the Bible say? None of them were gay. They just were different. And you know what? That's exactly what happened to my brother. My brother Tom, all through high school, knew he was different. He went off to college and his roommate at Eastern College in Montana and Billings, Montana kept telling him, come on, Tom, just admit it. You're gay. That's what you are. And so he started thinking that must be what I am. So he moved to New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, and started experimenting. I told this guy that, and you know what he said? That's what happened to me. I was 12 years old, and he was living over in Norway. And he said somebody told him that he was gay. And he said, I never even thought. I didn't know I was even different until then. And so I just thought that must be what I am. I'll tell you what, if any of you struggle and you think that you don't, you, know, you don't desire a man or you don't desire a woman or whatever it is, I want you to understand something. You're not gay. You may be different, but you know what? You're the way God wanted you to be. And he made you right. He did not make you wrong. He did not make a mistake. He made you right. And if anything, he gave you a blessing. I'll prove it. Look what the scriptures say here. Look in 1 Corinthians 7. This is where Paul is talking about this. In verse 7, he says, It is good for a man not to marry, but since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. I wish that all men were as I am. 
but each man has his own gift from God. Now, prior to this, by the way, you need to go read the whole context. You're gonna see that he's saying if you burn with lust, then you should get married. But if you don't burn with lust, like me, don't get married. It's a gift. Because he goes on and he says, a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world and how he can please his wife. His interests are divided. But he says an unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. If you're not so worried about you know, the next date that you can find, you can give your heart wholeheartedly to the Lord and serve him. That's a gift. But we as a culture, even in the church, have driven people into saying, you're not normal, you're not right. There's something wrong with you. You must be a homosexual. No, you're male or you're female, period. And we have to stop discouraging homosexuality or, or discouraging homosexuals. And we need to start encouraging males to live a blessed life. Can you see the difference? Jude 3 says this, in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. I was looking at these lights here this morning on one of the songs and I thought I should have them put up a rainbow because that rainbow is ours. It's become known as a symbol of homosexuality, but God says it is a symbol, it is a covenant of his promises. And it says right there in Genesis, every time he sees the rainbow, he is reminded of his love and his promises. And when you see that rainbow, I hope that you don't think homosexuality, but you think God loves that person and I am gonna be an encourager to them, not a discourager. Because there is a punishment coming. God's never going to send another flood like that to destroy everything, but he is going to send fire. And Sodom and Gomorrah that was filled with this homosexuality serves as an example of what this country is headed down the road towards. Because we have allowed it by being silent. And as David Wilkerson had in his vision that Karen was talking about this morning, we have shut our mouths. My wife said to me last night, we were sitting out on the deck talking, and she said she was just, I scare her sometimes. And I don't remember her exact words, but I said this, Tara, I, it, we're not there yet. She was thinking that, you know, I could go to jail for, for talking about what I'm doing this morning. And I said, I don't think we're there yet. It's coming. And I said, but I cannot, in good conscience, not speak about this. Because there is a judgment coming, in part because of this. And all the more as the day draws near, we need to stand firm, not only on the truth of God's word, but in his love, and let these people know you are not gay. And you, you know, like that Corinthians verse says, some, so some of you were practicing homosexual. But you don't have to do those things. 
Just like you heterosexuals who may be out there and sleeping around and having sex before you're married, you don't have to do that either. That's not who you were. Yes, you may have those desires, but God's law shows you that that behavior is wrong. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, the two will become one flesh, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You see, guys, the temple, you are the temple. And again, it doesn't just fit for homosexuality. That fits for a lot of things. In closing, last verse here. Psalm 66 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I see a lot of Christians out there saying, you know, I pray all the time, but it just doesn't seem like God is listening to me. Maybe he's not. For you Christians who are holding sins and trying to say, hey, same-sex marriage is okay. For, for you who are, are going against the word of God, I want these verses to be a challenge for you. This might be offensive, I don't know, but what... If you're holding iniquity in your heart, you may not even be a practicing homosexual, but you're supporting sin. It's the same thing. You're holding iniquity in your heart. Colossians says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. You see, our evil behavior, our acceptance of evil alienates us from God. It says in Proverbs 28, 9, if anyone turns a deaf ear to God's law, even his prayers are detestable to him. I believe that people who are claiming to be Christian, who are standing on unbiblical principles, not obeying the law of God, not lifting up the law of God, he says, your prayers are detestable. He says, I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna hear your prayers. Now that might sound very legalistic. I understand that, you know, we're all sinners and whatnot, but the difference is, are we upholding, are we proudfully, you know, holding up our sins? And that's what I see some in the church doing about homosexuality. Be careful. Be careful. God is not mocked. Psalm 2, I said that was the last one I lied. This is the last one. Sorry, see? Sorry, Lord. This is the last one. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say. Throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. The world can mock, the world can, can rebel all they want, but we're gonna stand on the word of God and that law will go forth from Zion and God will not be mocked. We have a promise and that promise is sure. So take that promise home with you knowing that he goes with you and God is not mocked even though people may make fun of us. Well, 
No, okay, all right. Well, we're gonna close in prayer. We're not gonna have a, a closing um, uh, worship-led song, but they'll be playing something. But we're gonna close in prayer. Um, before we do, though, I'm gonna have that last thing, just to remind you, the offering box are on the side. And uh, just don't forget to come on Wednesday. Come on Wednesday to pray. We need to be lifting up our brothers and sisters in Christ. Not just those that are struggling with sexual issues, but those that are hurting. We need to lift up you know, uh, all the people because there's a lot of things going on in a lot of people's lives and we need that encouraging. All the more, we need to be together doing that. So please come Wednesday. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your word, your word that is truth. I ask that you would be with all those that are struggling with this homosexual identity, that they would realize that their identity has already been won in Christ. I pray that they would not be swayed by the lies of this world and the devil, that they would know that they are who you meant them to be and that they are loved by you, cherished by you, and have a purpose here on this earth, gifted and blessed by you. I ask that you would help us as a church to be less judgmental about those types of things and that we would not uh, pass the judgment upon appearances, but upon truth that we would judge righteously. And I thank you, Lord, that we have this church that we can come to that will stand on truth and not shrink away. Lord, I ask that as well that we would come to know your word better and that word would refine us and that those of us who have been challenged today or maybe even offended today would be able to go to your word and let it speak. And I ask that uh, when it speaks, Father, that it would not just remain in our lives, but that we would share it and it would go out into not only this church, but to the community and into the world. I pray this in the holy name of Jesus. And one further thing, Lord, those homosexuals who are not struggling, but who have embraced, I pray that you would bring them to repentance and that as they call out to you, you would hear and you would guide and help them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Have a wonderful week.